have. I got a story for you. What do you do when a former student wants to get on your podcast to speak his mind? You listen. You learn. You ask some clunky-ass questions because it's really weird that the student is now teaching. Now a word from today's sponsor, AndrePsyche.com. It's going to be that cute, quaint corner store boutique with all sorts of neat and original things that you had no idea existed. When most people travel, they wander around their new town searching, hoping to find a dope-ass store with one-of-a-kind merch. Well, my friends, the World Wide Web is going to allow you to shop and obtain all of the items created by Andre that you're not going to find anywhere else. Regardless of the places you go, we are talking about literature, clothing, paintings, prints, accessories, music, poetry. If you wanted a fucking sculpture or some crazy shit, this is the guy to give it to you. Just go to AndrePsyche.com, that is A-N-D-R-E-Y-P-S-Y-C-H-E.com, and peruse the site for all the therapeutic purchases just waiting for you to click on. Why is this particular website, AndrePsyche.com, this particular podcast, The Getting to Know You, why is it our favorite? Because each and every single item has a story behind it. Nothing is just made. Everything is created on AndrePsyche.com. We are also brought to you by the Getting to Know You pod. Please do the podcast a favor. Take a moment right now and push the subscribe button. On Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Google Pods, wherever, whatever application that you are listening to the Getting to Know You pod on, just push the subscribe button. That will help us get the numbers that matter in our quest for sponsorship. And your support by subscribing is so appreciated. And also, while you're at it, if you wouldn't mind friending or following the pod on whatever social media platform you use. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, search us up. It's all one word, getting the number two, know the letter U pod. And finally, I know it's so much, I'm sorry. We are looking for sponsors. If you or someone you know has a business or brand, much like Andre, and would like to expand your market globally, and that's not fucking hyperbole. That's, that ain't no lie. This podcast is statistically proven to be downloaded in over 21 countries around the world and in 36 different states in the good old US of A. If that interests you, just message us. Our advertising rates are extremely reasonable. So if you're looking to increase traffic to your website or purchases of your products, consider partnering with the Getting to Know You pod. And now, Getting to Know You. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you. I'm going to do a terrific show today. Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Because I'm good enough. Getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely. I'm smart enough. You are precisely. And doggone it. My 
on today's show, we are getting to know Shy Wan. And Shy Wan, who might be the youngest person on Facebook, <laughs> wanted to come on <laughs> and um, after actually Jawan's post and uh, let people get to know him, man. So I appreciate you uh, getting up with us. And um, this is not an early morning for you, is it? You seem like an nah, early riser. Nah. I'm up and going around like 5, 6 o'clock every morning. So this ain't this ain't nothing to me. Jesus, dude. Actually, yeah, right. I'm going. What um? Yeah. What are you doing? Five six in the morning, getting up. Man, getting up and getting myself together. I usually uh like right now I'm in the process of like running a business, trying to get paperwork done and making sure everything is everything. So I uh, I'll be up early in the morning. Like they say, that rich can't sleep if you ain't rich. Rich people don't sleep. <laughs> You don't. So, you know, I bet you they nap um, like hell, though. Because I said that again for me. I, I said I bet you they nap like hell. I, they oh, they yeah, nap yeah, all the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, I get good naps. <laughs> you gotta worry about that. You um. So you're starting a business? Yeah, I'm. I'm putting together a, a trucking business where uh, I'm trying to put where more so like set a foundation for uh, some friends and family so that way they can be employed and stuff like that because. Uh, Right now, it's like hard for like people that done crimes and stuff like that to get jobs. Oh. So like, I'm trying to put together like a trucking business, stuff like that, and even to help the youth. So that way, like the younger, the younger black kids in my family, as they grow older, they can also dive into the business if they want to. Like I look at it as a second option. Yeah. yeah. If you can, if you can make it a different way, then that's cool. But if all those fails, then. You know, I had it there. Gotcha. What, um, so former people convicted of crimes in the trucking, what made you want to go that route aside? I mean, like, is it like, was that a personal thing or you just think that's kind of like a, it's a I little mean, bit of a fucked up injustice honestly, like, where people can't get that I'm, second chance? I'm going to be honest with you. Like fresh out of high school, I went to college for like maybe two months after I came home from college because I started to figure like college one for me. I really went to college and I couldn't afford it. Housing and stuff like that was like, you know, expensive. And it was just my, me and my moms. So, like, I came home and I went straight to jail. <laughs> I got into the wrong things and I, I went straight to jail. So oh, after prison, like, you pretty much, you got stuff on your background and stuff like that. So it's yeah. like, you know, you're stuck in between. I can't get this job. I can't get that job because my background messed up. Or that you stuck at a chicken plant or something like that, trying to make a couple dollars, you know, to make it through. And um, with that being, with that being that, I kind of was like, what's the what's the quickest way, you know, to make? I had set a goal for myself from like a thousand dollars a week. It's like the minimum I want to make. What job can I get that's gonna make me that? That's gonna accept me for who I am. Gotcha. You know, and that that was when I. Was like okay, trucking game is it? And how'd you come? Why the trucking game? Why are they so accepting? Uh, to be honest, I'm not. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna tell you one thing that I don't. Something that I don't really know. But yeah, right. I'm not quite sure, but I know uh, I got an uncle who who been in a lot of trouble and stuff like that, and he he told me like the quickest way to make money is the trucking game it only take four weeks to get the cdl license you know while it is drop seat pretty much right 
So yeah, I've heard it's quick, but so like when you say if I have a criminal record, the trucking game, it in my head I'm thinking immediately like you're trusting that person to take your goods to a destination and get it there in totality, right? Like like everything that's on that truck and needs to set up. So that that's why I was thinking that I'm like, it's interesting. That, that Yeah, it's you know, real interesting. But the thing is, it's a shortage. Like, it's a huge shortage with the trucking game. Yeah, and, see, uh, and that's a it. A lot of people don't, like, a lot of people, I had, like, maybe, like, since I got mine, it's like, I look at what I've done as, like, a lead by example type of thing. Because where I'm from, there's a lot of people that feel like, yo, I can't do this for you. Yo, I can't do that. But whole time, it's like, it's not that you can't do it. It's that you've never seen it done. Right. So you don't believe you can do it. But after I got my CDL, I pretty much, uh, my friend, one of my close friends, he uh, he went and got his too. And we both actually went to jail together at the same time. <laughs> but, but yeah. Same charge? He, uh, like, same event? Out, he got his CDLs from uh, Dell Tech. Um, and um, a lot of people inbox me, asking, like, till this day, they still ask, hey, man, how did you get your CDL? Where did you get your CDL from? And, like, I just, I give them the whole rundown from top to bottom on how to get it, like, where to go, you know, and everything. Just because I know, like, I've been there already before. You know, I was curious as to how to do it, where to go, and everything else. So, I feel like if I can do it, anybody can do it. Right. I mean, I haven't been to jail. If you ain't never been to jail, then cool, you're ahead of the game. Yeah, man, there's a lot there. Um, So, the college compared to a CDL. You said you knew college wasn't for you. It was money-wise or, like, academics-wise? You just weren't into the, yeah, all the extra classes? Both. I've been to college three times. Okay. You know? Yeah, I've been to college three times. So uh, I went to Cecil, Cecil College as soon as I got out in 2015. And um, like I said, I was there for two months, came home, got into the wrong stuff, went to jail. Then I uh, got back. Well, after that, I came back home. Then I ended up going to Dell Tech too. Uh, I went to Dell Tech for a semester. That's when I realized, man, I can't. That's not for me. I'm not waiting four years to get a job paying me twenty dollars an hour, and I already got a background. That's messed up. They probably won't take me anyway. You know. Uh, yeah. So, so that investment of time for money, it just didn't make yeah, sense. Pretty much. And I look at me personally. I look at college as a scam. Really. Like, you, you paying twenty, yeah, like you paying like fifteen thousand, twenty thousand dollars, and you have to pay, end up paying all that money back. Or if you do go to college, you gotta pretty much have like a some type of good GPA or or SAT scores or something in order for you to get like real free college for real, for real. Huh. And as far as like me going to a trade school, which was American Driver Training Academy in Newcastle, Delaware. Um, I went there and uh, they pretty much like it, it was more of a welcoming environment and you get more of a like hands-on type of experience as far as like you know something that you wouldn't get going into college. College you pretty much go to a, you go to college you, I mean you go to class you sit in front of a professor and he tell you a bunch of stuff you write it down and then you gotta go either write a report or something else on it which yeah, which right. is not it's not something i was i was down for so so i like uh um i went to the trucking school and stuff like that so pretty much i feel like trade school is a quicker time period you get stuff done in a quicker time 
and it prepare you straight to get a job right out of there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no. Um, and so, and I'm still a teacher, and I've always, I've always battled that uh, thought process because you do you encourage kids. It, it, it is encouraged to go to college, yeah. but if you think of trying to make money i think you bring up a great point dude that's a fucking four-year investment of your time where you're not only not making money really you're losing money you're in debt and if you need money it's like going straight to the pros out of high school for like nba players or whatnot like you understand why dudes want to get that money with the risk of whatever not being ready because like poverty is real money is real you need money (laughs) you need money to live in this world that's something I, i learned real fast you know so uh like Having that, having that, that CDL actually like turned, turned me from actually making absolutely nothing. I was going from making twelve dollars an hour, maybe four hundred, three, four hundred dollars a week, you know, right. to to making thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars every week. So that wasn't like that was like a big like step for me. And it kind of like changed my life honestly, because like three what three months into to to being over the road driving truck and stuff i ended up with a house car and you know everything else so so i'm pretty much like this is it's it's a way it's it's like showing a way showing everybody they look at it as how did you do it you know a lot of people look at it like how did you do it it's no way like this it was only four weeks i went to class for well i did <laughs> eight weekends but you know four weeks condensed so four weeks you turn your whole life around Wait, pretty much you can even do it on so it, it's not like four straight weeks you you said you did it on the weekends yeah I, um they see the school i go to they they got different ways you can take the class you can take it uh four weeks straight monday through friday seven to three or you can take it on weekends saturday and sunday seven to three for eight weeks gotcha yeah. This way you can what if you got that other job or whatever, you can kinda have that as your um Yeah, backup. See I was yeah. still work I was working two jobs through the week and still going to uh still going to class on the weekends. Man. Yeah, like I would get off off of work four o'clock in the morning, Saturday morning and still drive two hours to get to class at seven o'clock by seven o'clock. So, and then be in class all day till three o'clock in the afternoon. So, you know, it's not it's, it's pretty much what you want out of it, you know? Yeah, it's the, the willingness to grind, huh? Yeah, pretty much. That's, and that's what a lot of stuff, too, man. It's not just, that's not just work either. Like, like even in business, that's, that's the way to, you know, that's that's just how you got to be. You can't sit around and wait for nothing. You got to be there for it to come down to you, you know? Are you, are you owning the truck that you're driving? Like, I, I, I don't know anything about how that, uh, that business operates as far nah, as like, I'm you... actually, I'm not, I'm not doing semis and I'm not doing dump trucks. See, that's surprising a lot of people because they're like, yo, you've been driving semis, you've been driving dump trucks. Like, like, why, why not that? No, because a lot of expenses come with semis and dump trucks. So I do, uh, I'm, I'm actually leasing through enterprise. So that way, as far as maintenance and stuff like that, I don't have to. Uh, I don't have to worry about maintenance and stuff like that. That takes that out of the picture. Wait, Enterprise, like the car rental company, place they rent trucks. Yeah, they rent uh twenty six foot box trucks. Okay. Yeah. And then, how are you getting the jobs? Like it's just uh, word of mouth type I mean, stuff. Another, that's another thing. Like it takes people like. In, in in the business world, it's more so not about what you know, it's about who you know. 
Like I got a uh, right now. I'm working on a contract with this uh, Home Depot appliance company. Uh, hauling appliances and stuff. I don't know nothing about hauling appliances. I don't know nothing about delivering anything <laughs> and unloading anything. So, you know, I, from all I've been doing, I've been sending the truck. You know, I might. I know I did when I was over the road. I was driving flatbed, so I was just strapping stuff down. And being on my way, I never loaded or unloaded the truck at all, you know. So, right. uh, this is gonna be all new to me, but I, luckily, me, I know somebody, you know, that knows somebody. So, I was kind of like, you know, pointing in the right direction as far as that. Okay, so the Home Depot stuff that's all these people on quarantine, like ordering new refrigerators, washer dryers, or whatever that home delivery yeah. that's getting dropped off. Yeah, gotcha. great. That's how that's what it is. But. Man, that leasing, that's a good point too about um when you brought up about the expenses of a dump truck or the semi because then you're on the you're on the hook for all the maintenance and stuff. Yeah, on I mean, so it's not cheap. Nothing is cheap. Like your, your tires might cost you three hundred dollars a tire <laughs> when it comes to semis and stuff like that. Like it's nothing cheap with that when it comes to stuff like that. Gotcha. So then you lease through Enterprise and are you do you do um like other types of trucks, and it sounds stupid as hell because, again, I know nothing about the business, but is your end goal to, like, be kind of like that that appliance delivery dude, 26-foot box truck type things, or you just do whatever the nah, job is? Nah, my own, like, my end goal is to own all three. So my end goal is for me to own the semi business, the dump truck business, and the uh, and, uh, 26-foot box trucks. This. So I eventually, like, I want to... I kind of got it mapped out already on how I want to do it all, but yeah, I got to put it into play as far as the next, like, five to six years or so. To build up the money to be able to buy them? Or yeah. you would just be Yeah, because I, I want to buy them. I don't want to pay no payments or anything like that. I want straight cash, pay cash for everything. Gotcha. Yeah, because the payments are, again, it's almost like that student loan that you were talking about. That interest is just extra money. Yeah, yeah right now, everything. Everything is completely at all-time high as far as prices right now. So I'm, I'm kind of like off of that wave for now. So For the I'm trucks, huh? St- I didn't know that. Trucks are at all-time high? Yeah, trucks are high right now. Like a dump truck might cost you 150000 from Princeton for Peterbilt. When you're gonna, you, I, I want everything brand new when it comes to that dump truck semi thing because I know that buying it off somebody, you know, and they could tell you anything and anything can go wrong with it. So I don't wanna I don't wanna take that chance because I can that can go bad real quick, tens of thousands of dollars going down the train real quick. Right. So I'm not trying to set myself up for that type of thing. Man, that's crazy. And why do you wanna have all three? Just gives you different options for different business contracts? Uh like I know that personally I know it's a lot of dump truck work around here. Um, for my location, uh, semis is easy. It's easy to find loads as far as semis. But uh, as for I just want, I just want a complete diverse type of thing. I want to have be able to have you know work for everything. If if anyone come down to it, I want to have work for semis, work for dump trucks, and work for it. I don't want my company to be limited at anything. Gotcha. Yeah, and that even goes back to you talking about uh, friends' families um, to be employees or to be coworkers with you. Like, if you got, yeah. you know, the more more equipment you got, the more people you need, you know. 
Yeah, that's 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 just how it go. And I have a huge family, so so I have to make room for everybody. <laughs> where are you living? Where are you living now, man? Uh, I live in Salisbury, Maryland. Okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah man, I had to get away from Delaware for a little while. Really? Even though Delaware literally is right across the line, but I had to get away from there for a little while. Yeah, why is that? It just it's just not it's nothing there. Gotcha. Absolutely nothing there. No, no real. There's no real opportunities there, you know. And if you do get an opportunity, it's more so about who you know. Once again, so everything is pretty much about who you know. It's not really what you know. Gotcha. And you're talking when you're talking opportunity. You're just talking job wise. Yeah, job not not really job wise because. Like I said, I got CDL. I can pretty much get a job anywhere I want to get a yeah, job. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, man. And, uh, but I'm saying, like, as far as, like, it's no room to really grow. If you stay around the same people 24-7, it's no real room to grow. Ah, uh, okay. You know? And if everybody doing the same thing around there, like, like, pretty much where I'm from, everybody either, you either sell drugs or... You know, you do drugs. <laughs> so that's like, <laughs> that's that's pretty much what it is. If you work, you're not working enough to make, you know, whatever it is to pay the bills or something like that. So, like, it's, that's, that's, that's how it is where I'm from. So, I don't I try not to stick around there too long because, like I said, I came home from college. I wasn't even home for a whole month. And I went to jail. So, I try to, like, stay away from that environment. Right. Was it a drug charge that got you? Nah, it's just wrong, wrong place, wrong time, wrong people. Okay. So, you know, I ain't really, I don't really want to get all into that because that's just something different. What, um, how long, how long did you get locked up for? Uh, I was in there for about, I did about two, I did, when I first locked, when I first got locked up and put in, I was in there for about, I think. Three weeks, three, four weeks. I lived there for about three, four weeks. And then uh, I ended up, I had to go back for like eight weeks or something like that. And after that, I was good. Oh, man. So it wasn't really, I mean, if I'm here in three, four weeks, then eight weeks. So like a total, whatever, three months. Like that doesn't yeah. sound too serious for someone nah, so young to now have in. like a fucked up background check. Do you yeah, know what I'm saying? It's not, it wasn't nothing. I mean, the, the situation was crazy, but with the lawyer I had, I mean, I got, I got pretty much slapped on the wrist. But yeah, it was, it was, it was something wild. <laughs> it was something wild. Hanging in the wrong place, wrong time, and it just, it just, it's a trap. Like I can honestly say, like. Living in 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 that city is a trap, you know, because a lot of people don't understand that. You you see a lot of stuff growing up, you know. You you see people either getting shot, people selling drugs, and it's like you don't see nobody. You don't see no. Well, I'm speaking for me, you know. You don't see it. You don't see anybody. Uh, you don't see your dad going to work, you know, and and coming back home. You don't see that, so. You only see, from what you see, that's how you live your life. It's like, that's all you know. Get what I'm saying? Oh, no, dude, yeah. It's it, 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 it's almost like, again, if you don't have those role models, if you don't have someone to set that example, you you don't even know what you don't know. 
right? Yeah, like that's you, why I was uh that's why I really was trying I wanted to get on here because a lot of people don't understand that when these kids go to school and they and they like acting out or you know they like a teacher would call it they acting up or something like that, but they don't understand that these kids don't get attention at home. You know, they don't understand that they don't have mom and dad, you know what I mean, when they go home. So, like, my mom, she been there, but, you know, it's times that she hasn't been there. So, like, sometimes, like, you miss that, you need that part, like, you need that, that mom or, or dad love and you don't get it. And that, that sometimes either cause you to act out or, you know, seek it from somewhere, but you can't get it. But the love that you want from your dad, you're getting from a dude that sells drugs. You know what I mean? That, that'll buy you, that'll buy you a sandwich if you're hungry or anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's, uh, it, it's honest. Well, I mean, I didn't have a father, but I don't remember, um, I don't remember looking at it that way. So, so it, I, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong or anything. I guess when I'm, right. when I'm trying to connect with it, it kind of is hard for me to connect on, on like that basic level of, man, that, that's some, dude, that's some eerie, powerful shit you just said. I'm looking for love, but a dude buys me a sandwich and he's a drug dealer. And like, now I'm feeling like I'm loved, you know, yeah. now I'm feeling like I'm accepted. That that's. And that's what, that's what a lot of people don't understand. Like even, even like I look at today's, like it's some kids that's like maybe a year or two older than me, but their fathers never had jobs. They never had a, a, a father that went to work, came home, paid the bills, went to work, came home. You need something, here you go. You know, they always had that. They either sold drugs or associated with a lot of people that sold drugs. So that's all you actually ever see, you know? Yeah. Like, like me personally, I remember growing up walking up and down Third North, you know what I mean? From age like like five to like eight, nine, ten, sitting in a house by myself with my dad said, he got to go handle business. I already know what that meant, you know? So it's like, yo, I know I want to be like my dad when I grow up, you know? So my dad got a lot of money. My dad can do this. My dad can do that. And that's all you see. You don't see your dad reading no books. So why would I want to read books? You know? Wow. Like that's how I used to that's how I, I took it. But as you grow up you understand right from wrong. You understand, you know, this can get you this, this can send you here, you know, and that's when you know, you got a chance. And it's up to you to change. Yeah, that's man, that's I don't know, man. You're you're just you you say it so well. You don't see your dad reading a book. Why are you gonna read a book? Yeah. So a lot like a lot of teachers and stuff like I ain't never. I, I can honestly tell you, like I've never been a good kid in school. Just never have been. <laughs> I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I never have been a good kid in school. Even well, I mean, I I was smart. I just never been a good kid. Like, I never been a good student. I don't want to sit here. And I don't want to hear you read a bunch of books to me. I don't want to hear you keep repeating the same math problems over and over and over because <laughs> it don't mean nothing to me. You know, and even in high school, like I don't even know how I graduated high school. I felt history like three times. I wasn't interested. I even stopped going to class. I knew that was my first period. I stopped going. Right. I missed the bus on purpose in the morning. Yes, it's just man. it's some stuff like you just don't. You just don't, if you don't see it at home, you're not going to see I don't, I feel like it all start with at home. Oh, for sure. 
you know, if you if you grow up and you you're not teaching your kid the right, hey, go read a book, you know, or I'm gonna read this book with you. I ain't never had my mom or dad never sat down and said, hey, I'm gonna read this book with you. It's either you go outside and go play, or you come at house eat and go sleep, watch TV <laughs> or something. Like I never played video games like that growing up or nothing. So gotcha. It wasn't really no, no sitting in the house type of thing. So yeah. sitting in a classroom for an hour and a half, two hours, was was not for me. Yeah, I was ready to go. So that's where a lot of people don't understand that. Like it's it's hard. It's, it all depends on where you come from. That's what it is. Yeah, man. They're um. It's funny because again, I I've always had this kind of debate when people talk about and I'm. It's not that teachers can't have an impact on kids, that teachers can't help kids, but I've always argued or I've always thought, I think people sometimes overvalue the impact a teacher can have on a kid compared to where they're coming from, man. Yeah, um, man, I still got like, I still got about three teachers I still talk to from high school. Really? Yeah, yeah, uh, well... One of them, she was like my path, my 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 pathways to success teacher. I could really talk to her about anything, whether it was like it had to do with school or whether it had to do with me being at home, you know. So like, I could talk to her about anything. So even all the way to my uh, entry level letters that I needed to get into my CDL school, she helped me out with that and everything. So uh, I kind of like I kind of like still stay in contact with a lot of people. Uh, Dante's Collins, like when I needed like business information, stuff I need help with as far as like on my business and you know, learning new things as far as my black history and stuff, he still talk like, I still communicate with him. So I can still call him on the phone and be like, Hey, I need this or hey, can you tell me about that? And we still communicate. So I still I still talk to, you know, certain people from when I was in school because like they made me feel comfortable around them, you know? Gotcha. So then that's a key. Yeah. It's like no matter what you do, these people still stay the same people. Like even like when I went to jail, it was more people that like turning their backs on me than anything. Like, oh, you you doing this. Oh, we knew you was going to do this once you got out of school. We knew you wasn't going. Like, I even had, I remember one of my teachers telling me like the only place they have for me after high school was jail. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Really? Like I remember my teacher telling me that, so. Like, when I was in jail, I was like, man, she told me I was going to come here, man. She told me I was going to come here. I was like, man, I got to do something better when I get out. Oh, wow. I can't let her get that satisfaction, you know? Yeah, well. Man, and you yeah. saw it. Dude, that's interesting, too. So you saw it as, like, a, as like the, you took that as almost like she wanted you to end up that way for a satisfaction yeah, thing? You didn't take but, it as, like, her coming at you, like, as a warning or something, like, caring, like she was worried about that being a possibility? Nah, because me and that teacher never got along. <laughs> we never got along. <laughs> so I knew she wasn't playing. I knew she was serious when she told me that, though. But she told me straight up. She said, yeah, it's no other place for you outside of here but jail. Once you get out of here, if you get out of here, that was her. That was her. That was her uh, Her statement. If you get out of here. She was my history teacher, matter of fact. But... Like I said, she told me that, and that's where I went. <laughs> so I was like, well, I can't give her the satisfaction. I know she's probably thinking, like, man, he 
be where I thought I told him he was gonna be, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's not like like I said, a lot of people turned me back on me, but I still got a lot of people that was in my corner the whole way. Like just like back in school, like it was in my corner. So that's all I had. What do you think made the difference in the teachers who um almost had that unconditional love for you and the other ones who were just put off by you? Uh, honestly, it was black. Oh, oh really? <laughs> they, yeah, it's nowhere all the way around it. They, they all black. So they, they either know where I'm coming from or, you know, they either been through it or they seen it before. And I take, I take Dante's more so of a, he's seen it before or something like that because he's not an old teacher. He, he young. I don't even think he's 30 yet. Gotcha. So, yeah, he 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 young. So I think he kind of like understand that it ain't always easy out here. So that's why you know I can kind of connect with them on different levels. Yeah, that's that that's another thing too. With um, and I've seen it with kids who get um labeled as like special education, you know, like they have a learning disability. The people yeah. making those diagnoses, the people making those assessments, they're, yeah, they're, they're, what they're they white. To realize is, you know, they also, I think, I think what they fail to realize is that these kids don't got special needs. <laughs> they don't have <laughs> these kids not special at all. Nothing wrong with them. They just not interested in what you're teaching, right? You know, because a lot of people they could have said I need a special needs for history, but I mean I felt history three times, but I told them. It's not that I don't know the material. It's just the fact that I don't want I don't want to learn this. You know, I don't want you to tell me about 30, 40 different religions that don't got nothing to do with me. It's not going it's not going to affect me in the future. What I need to be here for. I remember uh, I was in my math class. I think I skipped math class like three times. I ended up taking the test at the end of the week. I got a hundred on it. <laughs> my teacher asked me, "Hey, how has you got a hundred? You ain't been in class all week." Well, it's not, it's not common sense. I mean, it's all common sense. Right. You know, everything in math is pretty much, if you can follow directions, then you can solve a math problem. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, so I pretty much, like, he, he just looked at me like how, and then I know, uh, like, his name was Mr. McGuire. Man, I used to sleep in his class all the time, and I would wake up, and he'd give me a sheet of paper to go do for homework. i do my homework. I just wouldn't do no classwork, because class was boring me. I'd be in there asleep. Uh, by the time the test came, I probably passed the test about uh, 89, 90, something like that. They'd be like, yo, you sleep in my class every day. How did you get a 92 on this? Hey, man, it's following directions. That's all it is. So, like, a lot of people don't understand that it's not that we don't know the material. It's that we're just not interested. Yeah. it's. I wonder, though, like – you just don't see it as a life application. It's like it's, a waste of time. Like all the way, I, I took that. I took that mindset with me all the way to college. I got to college and they was they was. I mean, I had to take some classes like gym, <laughs> to take some classes like uh, photography, stuff like that. Like how was that going to help me get a degree? That's the like. I don't. I don't want to do this. And that's where I just go in. And I was like, man, I'm out of here. I don't want to do this. I think uh, I had, somebody told me a story about my dad. He went to uh, 
he, my dad never graduated. He actually uh, was in the 11th grade, and he was in the middle of his math class. And he just up and walked out and said, you're not coming back. He said the classwork was too easy, and everybody used to say you had straight A's. You know, so, like, it's not about, it's not really, and if you, if you look at them, you'd be like, hey, you don't even got, you don't even got a high school diploma, like, what are you going to do in life? And I just look at it like the school system, period, is considered racism. Because it's like, they only teach you what they want you to know. They don't teach you what you need to know. And what have you found out that you needed to know? That you weren't uh, taught? Uh, how to use credit. <laughs> Honestly. It's a lot of stuff. Like, they don't teach you how to buy a house. They don't teach you how to... They don't teach you how to maintain good credit. They don't teach you how to... Uh, let's see. Well, it's, it's a, let me, they don't let me, teach you how to run a business. They don't teach you... It's a lot of stuff can, they don't teach can you. Can I... Let me flip this on you and ask you about this perspective. Uh-huh. If you show up to class and you're... And you're awake and you're caring about those assignments. Isn't that the same kind of process in life that will get you good credit? If you show up somewhere ready and like almost like just play the game, like having good credit is playing the game. You pay your bills on time. So that's right. showing up to class on time. It, right. It's it's turning in your homework on time complete, right? You got to pay your bills in full on time complete. So wouldn't just going through the process of school the right way, wouldn't that just in like de facto lead to good credit? Oh, uh, not necessarily. No? You go to school. I mean, I consider this, I look at it like this. You go to school for 12 whole years. Like, that's mandatory. You have to go to school for like 12 years to get a high school diploma. So, if you're going through that process from kindergarten all the way to like sixth grade, you pretty much learn all your basic life skills from sixth to ninth grade, pretty much. Everything else is pretty much extra that you need as far as going to college and stuff like that. But the basic life skills you learn is from kindergarten to, to ninth grade, teach you how to add, subtract, stuff like that. So the rest of the stuff is pretty much just stuff they want embedded in your head that you not really you really don't need in this life. Like, for example, you're a teacher, right? Yeah. So then you had to go to school to get a degree or whatever the case may be. Yeah, four years. So you went to school for four years to be a teacher and to make, let's say, sixty eight about sixty seventy thousand dollars a year, right? Maybe. So I think with a four year, you're probably coming out closer at fifty, man. All right, so fifty thousand dollars a year, right? You went to school for four years to make fifty thousand dollars a year. I went to school for four weeks to make seventy to eighty thousand dollars a year, close to a hundred thousand if I want to. Right. So, and I'm not in debt. So what's going on? Like, this is this is what I'm trying to map out. Like, I feel like, and I I didn't learn no math. I didn't learn no science. I didn't learn no. I didn't have to write no long no long essays or nothing like that. Right. Right. You know. So that's that's what I was trying. That's what I'm trying to like breakdown as far as how I, I took I took my nothing into something without going through that four year process of headaches. Gotcha. So that's that's why I'm trying to say like in my community for them four years it's it's hard to make it through them four years for some people. 
especially if it's hard enough to make it through those 12 years, kindergarten through 12, I guess it really is 13, right? Kindergarten yeah. through 12th grade is hard enough yeah. to get through that. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to get through the through the, the small stage, let alone the big stage. That actually means something. It's so. Okay. No, well, I'm just I, I I like what you're saying about this understanding credit and I, dude, it's been forever since I've been in high school and I remember like whatever an accounting class and back then it was like balancing a checkbook before you had like online checking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but I, I'm I'm surprised that the the credit aspect, the the mortgage, the how do you borrow money? What is the interest? How does this shit compound? Right. You know, like how do you walk somewhere? But at the same time, what I'm what I'm getting at is like if you looked at your GPA, mm-hmm. wouldn't your GPA almost be a reflection of your credit score? And not just for you, I guess for any kid. Because if if you're handling your grades, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that. No, because no, because I look at it like this: like some people can be good with money, some people can't be good with money. You know, and I look at it like your GPA is pretty much them judging you on something that they want you to know. Gotcha. Not something that you're willing to know. As far as your credit, you know how much you want to borrow. Not something they're willing to just give you. And you say, say they want to give you a hundred thousand, you only want twenty thousand. Yeah. You know, so it's not what you, what you, you know what you want. As far as when you go say, hey, I want to, I want to buy this car out the lot, and you know that car twenty five thousand. As for whereas to in school, it's like, hey, you gonna sit down here and read this book. And take this test, and if you can't pass it, well, that's not my problem. You just can't learn. <laughs> that's just how. That's how yep. that. That's how that is. Right. So, I would. I want to say GPA would be like credit, because it's like you don't have an option when it comes to your GPA. You have to learn whatever they're willing to put out there. Gotcha. So you're looking at it at the ends. See, I'm looking at it at the process, <clears throat> but. I mean, what you're saying is pretty true because you're not having a choice where that credit is a direct, it, it's your choice. You're choosing to borrow right. this money. And it's funny, dude. I love how you said about math. It's like, it's just following directions and like credit, credit's the same way. Like it's, a, it is actually is a pretty simple concept. It's just following the directions of what you got to do so that people trust you to pay back loans. Right. So all of that, like all of it is pretty much stuck together. It's just, you just, it's all its own category. You got everything works differently. That's, 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 that's how that go. Man, yeah, and it's, and it's funny because also when you said the four years to four weeks thing, what I, like what I had taken into account would be stuff like retirement, benefits, mm-hmm. and even like working conditions, man. So I went, I had to go to the military. I went National Guard um, to mm-hmm. get my college paid for. And I actually went to Dell Tech also for two years. And like just working outside in the cold, man, I was like, dude, there got to be a better way to earn money than dealing with 20 degree weather or staying up all night or whatever, being out there 90 degrees, 100 degrees humidity and sun. So like I started trying to take that into account with a with a four year degree. And I'm interested for you being um, aspiring to be a business owner with that four weeks, comparing the two, the four years to four weeks. Do you look? All the way down the road to things like retirement, to things like the side benefits, health benefits, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I first got a the actual my first job out of out of school, like the way my school was set up, like they pretty much guarantee you job placement. 
So you tell them whether you want a local job or you want to go over the road or, you know, however you want to go, they make sure they find you a job. So, uh, like, I think my first job offer was a concrete spot in uh, Newcastle. You didn't get no no health benefits. It wasn't no 401k. You just get paid uh, 1099. So, um, with that being said, I... I had this other option that I had, but maybe I had about three options that turned me down because of my background. But um, the one option that I did want, like straight out, they gave me an offer. So I ended up going there. And like I said, my first, my, my training, my training days was about $400. Paid me about $400 a week for my training, which I did like three weeks of training. But, um, but when I got out on my own, I ain't see a check less than nine hundred dollars. So like I said, I was up to like thirteen, fourteen hundred a week. So that was that was that was my main goal. Four weeks or four weeks of school to earn thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars a week right. within two months, three months, less than ninety days, you might as well say. So as to where if I was at another job somewhere else making twelve dollars, thirteen dollars an hour that, you know, I'd be still seeing four hundred, five hundred dollar checks, which would no, pretty much be just to get by. Um, ten ninety nine is that like an independent contractor where you got to yeah. pay your own taxes and stuff like that? Yeah. Okay. Are you still on that with this current no. job? No, no, no. My current job right now, I get paid by paycheck. So got so, you. Yeah. Yeah. So then they take care. Have you looked into what's better? As far as what's like better for your situation, being that 1099 and kind of like, because you, then you would get all those like business expenses you'd be able to claim and help your tax situation, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't really figured out how I was going to go about uh, the employee thing right yet. Because like I said, I'm an investigator, so I, I got other things to worry about before I start hiring people. I actually drive, I actually start the business out on my own to see the ins and outs of it so I know what it's worth. Well, yeah, no, I was asking for you as far as the benefits of being a paycheck guy versus a 1099 guy. I mean, honestly, I believe 1099. I, I wouldn't mind 1099, but I, I don't, I don't want to do, I don't want to sit down and do my own taxes if I'm working for somebody else. Gotcha. Yeah, that's how I so then that would be the difference. I'm with you on that. Do you know for sure that you were turned down for those jobs because of the background? Or you think, or are you just figuring out that's why it was? No, no, no. They'll tell you, like, with the trucking company, they'll tell you straight up, you know, we got to do your background check. And if this is an issue on there, you can't, you know, you're not going to be qualified. Or they'll send you a message through your email and say, uh, after reviewing your background, you're not qualified. So. And that would be, that's just how God, that went yeah. for me for a couple of good jobs that I could have went on with. Did you get convicted of a felony or was it a misdemeanor? No, nah, I just got about, I have, like, originally the charges was like four felonies. Holy shit. <laughs> but uh, it got condensed down to, uh, what was it? I think, like, ended up being like six misdemeanors. Man, so and again, that's just something that um, if you if when you say it out loud, man, 12, 12 weeks in prison for six misdemeanors is limiting at the age of what was that nineteen for you? 
Nah, I was fresh at 18. I just turned oh, 18. God, dude. Yeah, so you're 18. You What 18-year-old doesn't make stupid mistakes? Yeah. You catch six, it, four felonies go to six misdemeanors, 12 weeks, and that limits your employment opportunity, man. That's 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 a fucked up system. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it limited. It don't just limit it for, like, good jobs. Like, it limited for basic jobs, too. So, like, you're really stuck, you're really stuck in, like, a bubble. Right. Or maybe like three, four options. Especially living, you know, where I live at, where I was, where I, where I was living at. But you know, you were stuck with like three, or four options. You either going to the chicken plant, you either going over here to this plant and working here, or you can go over here and work at this warehouse. You know. And right now, background check is like something that a lot of a lot of companies do. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, in the trucking game, as far as the trucking game, I feel like if you drive dump trucks, they don't really care about your background because it's more so just like construction. You know, construction, they don't really care about your background either. But that's where it's pretty, that's pretty much going to see they'll open up an opportunity for a lot of people that's been convicted of small petty crimes, stuff like that. Right. And then the CDL, it, it if you get convicted of another crime, do you lose it? Or do you only lose it if it's a DUI kind of a charge? Yeah, you only really lose it if it's like a DUI or uh, if you fail a drug test or something like that. Like, if you fail a drug test, that can be like your biggest mistake as far as having a CDL. Because they got this new thing where if you fail the drug test, pretty much it's stuck in your file. Anytime a, a company run your background or anything like that, you pretty much it's, it's pretty much stuck in your motor carrier, uh, your motor carrier file and stuff like that. So that could be like a, your biggest mistake. Gotcha. So then, if when dudes get that CDL, man, they really got to take that uh, drug testing policy pretty serious, huh? Yeah, you got to take that serious because that that can be the end of your career that fast. Man, how do you feel about that? That a drug test or a DUI charge would uh end your career. Say that for me again. How do you feel about that? That like one failed I mean, drug test and a DUI honestly, can end it. I honestly think that I know that affected whether you ain't a person of car or you inside of a stroke. Like they don't they it all affects you. So I mean drinking and driving, you still not supposed to drink and drive. That's just common sense. But I mean just one, one drug. I look at it like right now, the way a lot of these CDL companies starting to do, they starting to do hair tests, which is I feel as though isn't accurate. You know, because like you can be around somebody that smoke, but you can not smoke at all, or vice versa. You could be around somebody that that drink. You could drink, grab a bottle of something, and then but it's still in your system. You know like the next day or something. So like you that whole air follicle touch thing is on I don't think that's real accurate, but as far as the actual urine strain, a lot of people don't understand that. It's a do or die type of thing as far as what that that drug test thing. Like once you fail the drug test you might as well go ahead and hang the C D L life up for a little while. Because ain't nobody gonna hire you if you like look you got like three years, four years before you can get another job. Man, 
So yeah. coming where you come from, how hard is it to not smoke or like not do drugs if that's part of like Man, that's the environment of, coming up, you know? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, if you do it, you do it. If you don't, then you don't. It's not really no in-between. It ain't no, <laughs> man, I only smoke like once a week or something like that. It's not no in-between. You either do it or you don't. Yeah. So that's 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 how that goes. And I know a lot of people that, that do got CDLs that still, you know, still smoke. But they just, when they stay up, they don't get caught. Right. So I don't, I personally, man, I don't see, like, I don't see how I wouldn't put myself in a predicament where I know I can't recover. Gotcha. Yeah. That's part of, is that, again, getting back to part of why you wanted to, uh, Leave Delaware. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot of reasons why I wanted to leave Delaware. I mean, from me just, I I just it's just a whole lot going on in Delaware that you know I'm glad I'm not a part of. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, Man, that's um, I I want to talk a little more about what you would do to uh improve schools. Because I, I think that's an interesting perspective when you were talking about system, the school system being somewhat or being racist because they're not really teaching you what you need to know in life. So, like, yeah. are you are you getting rid of history classes, or are you just want like more diversity in history instructors? Or are you I doubling down on that? that need to be like, I think it needs to be more diverse. I mean, I'm not gonna get rid of the whole history class. Because I feel like it's important for us to know what what happened in history. That way, we somewhat value what life is like here and now, you know. But I I think that it should be diverse in a, in like a large part because uh like I said like it's a lot of a lot of, a lot of stuff that's being taught in school is what they want you to know. It's not really what what what's really happening in the world. Like for example, like. Growing up in school, all they always told me that Christopher Columbus founded America. <laughs> you know, like, well, he didn't find America. People was already here. Native Americans and Indians was already here. He just happened to run into the into the America looking for India. You know, so like, it kind of like it's kind of it's kind of weird how a lot of a lot of the history that they teach on in school is false, like. It's false. It's pretty much them trying to discredit discredit the blacks. Like they all they want you to know is basically that black people are slaves. That's that's pretty much all they want you to know. They teach you about Rosa Parks and they teach you about Martin Luther King and maybe Malcolm X, but that's about it. They teach you that the whole I have a dream speech and blah blah but they don't teach you that Martin Luther King was working with the government. You know? They don't. They they just don't teach you the stuff that you need to know, or that's deeper into the situation than, you know, they actually make it as. Man, that's uh. So, let me ask you this then: If most people, if you're thinking a four-year degree is kind of, um, it doesn't exactly pay off as far as the payday at the end. How do you get that diversity if people aren't willing to invest that four years? To get the certification, I mean, people are gonna do that regardless. Oh, you think people so? People gonna people gonna go to whether whether it's college. People are gonna go there regardless, whether they go to a party, whether they go to the 
to learn or or they go there just to say, hey, I went to college or, hey, I graduated from college. You know, people can go there regardless because, you know, it's pushed through school that that's the right thing to do. Like, that's they basically through school, the only they, they make it seem like the only way you can be successful in the world is if you go to college. Right. So if you don't, people going to go there regardless and they're going to learn whatever they learn in the college. Like I said, I ain't. I don't even remember taking an actual math class in high school when I was in college. <laughs> like I, I never took a math class, so I don't, I don't really understand like what they really teaching. Like you be there for four years, that's a long time to be going to school again. <laughs> like high school was long enough, let alone going to school for another four years for doing a whole lot more work than you was in high school. So no, I wouldn't do it. But. That's, that's, that was, the, felt like that was the only way. Gotcha. Huh. Yeah, I, I don't, I've, I don't know how, I don't know how to better get diversity into schools. I guess it's like, you just have to like go to HBCUs for job fairs in order to do this. You got to find minority hires and not wait for the minority applicants. Right. I mean, like, I don't honestly, know. I'm gonna be honest. Like, I think that, uh, I think that that it's ways to implicate it into into highs. Like, I feel like it it should be indicated implicated into either like middle school or high school curriculums because, like I said, you only learning they only you only learn what they want you to know. Yeah. You know, so if they want you to know more about your black history or they want you to know more about credit, they will implicate that. They change the curriculum every year, don't they? Just I mean, shit dude, just about that's like a business thing, man. That's something that messes me up is um how often they buy new things and you're like, why do you keep buying all this new stuff? Like like why are we spending fifty, sixty, eighty grand? Like do we have to? Can we yeah. put that money into something else? Can we just stay with what we got? Um yeah, so I like that's how I look at it. Like they okay, if you can if you can change the curriculum every year, you can you can add whatever you wanna add to it. Whether it's it's a lesson about credit or it's a it's a it's a lesson about mortgage on the house or whether it's your, like I said, your black history. So it's it's pretty much whatever they want you to know is what's gonna be implicated. So if they don't want you to know it, then cool, they're not they're not gonna add that. Uh, we actually had a big thing going. We actually got a big thing going on right now. We had just, uh, I'm not sure who created it, but uh, someone had created a long letter that we had submitted to uh, Sussex Tech High School about um, like a lot of the racist stuff that we see going on, like as far as the system and uh, as far as like outside the system, as far as like stuff they allow, you know, so. Whether it's like, like I, I experienced a lot of racism at Sussex State while I was there, but you know, there's stuff that you you can't really, you know, speak on because it's not your it's not your situation. Or what do you mean, not, like with kids or with the teachers? No, well, well, with students, not just the yeah, with students, and uh, like I said inside of the inside of the school, like inside of the school, like you know. You know, 
such and such might not get in trouble for doing this, but, you know, if you do it, you can get in trouble for it. I mean, I've caught it out plenty of times because, you know, I, I was a kid that got kicked out of class on the regular. So <laughs> I didn't I didn't really, I didn't care to open my mouth and say stuff because, you know, I, I know I didn't think I was going to be sitting in the office trying to tell my story. <laughs> trying to tell my story. So, it, I mean, it didn't make sense to a lot of them, but, you know, they now they get it. Yeah, so you know? it... So then you're talking, you're, you're referring to almost like a fair treatment or like, man, if I'm, how come I, how come he can shout out and he's in class fine, but if I shout out, now I'm getting kicked out. Yeah. You're taking that as a racist system. Yeah. Not, well, not just that though. It's a, it's a lot. A, a like, part all of the way to like in the parking lot, I could sit in the parking lot, show in the back of my car and I got to go either go inside the building or something like that. But. If he pull up with his he pull up with his Confederate flag, how is that even allowed? Right. You can't like it's 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 like inside of the inside of the essay, well, inside of the letter that was wrote to the superintendent, it states a lot of stuff like all the way to like the curriculum where we don't learn we didn't learn too much black history in SRH State. And I had a black history teacher at I'm yeah, my history teacher was black at that. Or well, at least one of them, out of the three, she was black. So like I would expect like either her to go deeper into hey, you know this happened, that happened, blah blah. But no, she only going by what they want us to know. I mean, you can't blame her because that's her job. But you know, that's that's pretty much all. Of it. It's just what they want us to know. That's 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 pretty much how the system is work. Can't really you as a student like when one person can't do it, but when you got 300 people signed up, sign a letter stating that they all feel like something is wrong, then that's a voice. Hopefully, right? Yeah. Hopefully. So hopefully we hear we hear something something back from uh from them pretty soon. Like I said, the letter was submitted yesterday, so maybe some changes would be made or something. Yeah, it's it it's interesting, and I, I haven't looked at Sussex text like um data as far as even like a discipline record and suspensions, um, mm. referrals or whatever. But you know, the crime, the, the crime numbers are pretty staggering where it's like black males overrepresented in population in jail versus the population in general society. Right. Like, yeah, but that all, that all, that all started, all started, uh, after the civil war and after they, uh, had abolished, uh, 13th amendment and, um, they pretty much, well, no, they abolished slavery, but they created the 13th Amendment, basically saying that we uh, we all were free, but uh, who was it? We all were free, but basically, if we get if we get sent to prison, we could basically be slaves again. You know, that's why like a lot of people in prison used might have to do work all day in the kitchen for seven cents. Right. You know. So like that's 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 pretty much that all started like after the Civil War. And uh, even then like they started creating like they started trying to find ways to imprison black people from from walking across the street and stuff like that, all the way to, you know, being in the wrong place at the wrong time, <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, but what what I was bringing it up for was I don't know, and I was going to ask you about that in Sussex Tech. Does that apply? Is that part of what you guys are looking for with this letter? Is 
it, like, is that an issue referral wise, suspension wise, that it's a disproportionate amount of black kids getting suspended, getting sent places, getting kicked out of class versus white counterparts? No, nah, I wouldn't say that because I mean, maybe getting kicked out of class and stuff, but the, the dude that really disciplined there, uh, I think he's pretty fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he actually black though, so you know you you expect him to be pretty fair. <laughs> he, I mean, he um he makes sure that he talked like I said he talked to me probably like over a hundred times because I was on verge of either getting kicked out or or suspended for like the rest of the year. Because like I said, when I was that kid, I always getting kicked out, but he uh he actually a pretty fair dude if you want. Technically. Okay. So yeah, you're looking then more like as the, what you keep mentioning that it's more a curriculum thing. It's more like the actual rules and regulations that are a little, you're, you're feeling are a little unfair. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say unfair. I'll just say like, it's more so like, unequal. you got to understand some kids, you just got to understand. It's not about the rules. The rules is not. It's what they accept. It's some rules that just aren't in place. Just you know, so it, the fact that some rules aren't in place, you wouldn't really understand that. You wouldn't be able to say, "Yo, you can't do this because it's not in the rules." You can't tell them they can't do something that's not in the rules. Huh. Man, I um, tell me a little more because originally you had wanted um to speak a little bit about uh the impact of a single being a kid in a single parent household compared to a, the advantages of having two parents in the household. And yeah, I, I, I mean, wanted to just find out a little more because going to tech, that's not your home district. So, I mean, that's a lot of challenge in itself to remove yourself from an environment and go to a new district. Yeah. Um, the my, I mean, having a single parent, you know, it can be, it can be hard, you know, at Woodbridge pretty much. Uh, I didn't, I didn't know my place. I didn't know who I was, you know, I didn't know, I mean, like I said, I didn't have everything, so, like, you know, I still had kids that laughed at me, I still had kids that say, oh, oh you, you know what I mean, you this, you that, you know, everything, but I never, uh, I felt like going there would be, like, a first start, I never had a, nobody in my family that, well, my dad went there when I was a kid, but I never had nobody in my family that graduated from there. So that was gonna be like a first for me, and it, I felt like it would have been a, it was a new start for me to find out who I was as a person. Okay. You know, so to find myself as a person because, like I said, my dad, you know, my dad went there. You know, my mom felt like it would be a first start, and everybody thought that if you go to Sussex Tech, you was gonna be smart. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> really, that's that what it thought? was. Yeah. Not only that, though, I had a. A basketball coach gave me a thousand promises about coming there too. So I, I came there. It was something that I just came there. I was like, I'm going to Sussex Tech. I'm not going to Woodbridge. I've been there already too long. So you felt you felt like the Woodbridge thing kept you in that like whatever that box. Like you felt like you had to be a certain or a particular way because the way people saw you. Yeah. Gotcha. Huh. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. heard about those thousand promises from that coach. How many got kept? Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, all of them eventually. Really? Like, yeah, all of them eventually. I mean, well, 
one, he told me I was gonna be on varsity, but I didn't make it there till my till my till my uh, sophomore year. And uh, after that, it was pretty much everything was green light. So that's all I needed. <laughs> that green light. Yeah. And how's your is your mom helping you with um Sussex Tech, or are you kind of like rolling through this on your own? Like, what's your support like? I mean, support it's pretty much like. It was pretty much everything, like, pretty much on my own. Like, you know, she signed the papers that she needed to sign, and at the end of the day, I, I go to school, come home, and now, like, I'll be like, I can call and be like, Mom, I need help with homework. She don't know just like I don't know. So it was pretty much to either stay after school and get some help from somebody, or, you know, you just don't know it. Right. Yeah, and... So were you, I get, what about the discipline wise when you're getting kicked out of class, are they calling home and like, yeah, how's your mom dealing with home. that? They're calling home, but it's like, then like, I wasn't even, I wasn't even staying with my mom. I was staying with a friend. So like, I'm like, oh, you want to call my mom? Call it in. I don't care. Like, what's, <laughs> that gonna, what's that going to do to me? I come out of school the next day. Call my mom. I don't care. Call it. What's she going to do to me? Why so wouldn't that's you? Like, why weren't you staying at home? Uh, well, my mom had moved. She had moved to Baltimore, but I didn't want to go. Uh, so I was either stay with my grandma or stay with my friend. And I'm like, nah, I ain't staying with my grandma because she, she be tripping. She don't want me in the house by 8 o'clock. I want to do what I want to do. <laughs> so that's why I, I just kind of ruled out. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm out of here. Man. And, like, so, and I'm wondering, man, that, that's a lot of – that's a lot of background for teachers to know when they're interacting with a kid that's just acting a fool in class. Yeah, like you know? I said, that's why that's yeah. why I, I was trying to explain. Like, it's not they don't know what's going on outside of the classroom. So, you know, between me, matter of fact, I think I got in trouble like four times that week. My mom left. So when she left, I was I was on one. I was in class going him. I got to my grandma's. I'm like, man, y'all ain't coming. You staying here? I'm getting out. I'm leaving. Me and my grandma got into it. I packed my stuff up and I rolled out. So I kind of like, you know, stuck like, oh, man, I ain't standing here. I got to go. So I'm going to school every day, coming home, man. Some days I ain't even talking to my mom. I might go like two weeks without talking to her. Man. So it's like, you don't really. And then my dad, he just do his own thing. So I wasn't really no calling him on the phone if I needed anything because he just wasn't there. Right. Did you ever like trust anyone at school enough to like sit down or are you aware even like the part of the reason you're kind of acting this way is because of all this shit that's going on in your life? Nah, I ain't, I ain't, I never sat down talking to nobody. Yeah. I never been type, like I never wanted nobody to feel, you know what I mean? Feel any type way towards me. I ain't want them to be like, well, he only acting like this because this, I ain't want no sympathy. I ain't need that. Really? Yeah. Why not? I just felt like I was my own man. Got you. So you took that as kind of like an insult or a weakness thing, where if you yeah. were trying to explain it, like, I don't want anything special. I want to earn it yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah, pretty much. And, uh, like, I never, I didn't, I didn't really start getting back, you know, connected with my dad until, uh, actually I started being in a newspaper playing basketball and stuff like that. And, uh, 
like he had called me or reached out to me or something on like Facebook. So he was like, hey, man, when your next game up here? Because, you know, he's in Wilmington. So he was like, hey, man, when your next game up here? And that's when I had uh, basically told him, like, I told him what my next game was. And he, he I actually showed up with a camera and everything. And I was excited. Like, I was hyped. Like, yeah, my dad coming to my game. Like, my dad coming to my game. And then there was also one of our feelings where he was like, man, he he always say he coming, but he never come. Right. You know, so you, you really prepare for the worst, but you'd be happy if he come. When he come, I was like, when he came, I was like super happy. I'm like, yo, my dad here. You know what I mean? My dad here. Everybody ball out. Yeah, and how bad did you play because of, of the energy? Nah, or did, or did you kill out, it? Man. Did you I really? Out, yeah, I balled out. I think I finished with like 16 points and 12 rebounds or something like that. Oh, man. Yeah, because yeah, that can go either way, man. You get so hyped that you just yeah. all of a sudden, yeah, like you just almost too tight, like you're just not in the flow of the game, you know? Yeah, I, I think he came to, he might, he might have came to one other game, though. I think he came to our game when I played, uh, it was a playoff game, and I was excited. It was my first playoff game, man. I was like, man, my dad coming out, I really got ball out. Then I had, uh, I think, two college coaches in the stands. So I'm like, man. Got my dad here, got a couple college coaches here, you know, so I really got balled out. And we ended up winning, I think I had like 25. And you were, you went, how old were you when your dad um, reconnected with you through that Facebook? Are you like junior uh, year, senior year? Well, he came to one game my junior year, I think he came to one game my senior year. Gotcha. So you, you didn't take like the angry stance kind of like, man, like, man, you ain't been around. Now you want to get, now you want to come around when I'm kind of, when I'm shining a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I did kind of take that stance to him a little bit. I think he felt that too, but, uh, I think he really felt it like after school. Cause like, I think, uh, yeah, he needed a kidney or something like that. And I told him, I'm like, I'm not giving you no kidney, you know, <laughs> like, I know you, my dad was still like. I mean, never did enough for me. I don't, you know, I don't really need you. I'm wow. going to open my body up for you. But, and this was after the fact that my brother died. So, you know, I kind of like, I really didn't, was kind of angry with him at that. So, I ain't really, I really took the, I kind of took the hard road now, in a way. But I still like, I still like, don't look at him as a dad no more. Like now, if I have a conversation with him, it's just like if I have a conversation with one of my homies. Gosh, man. Uh, Are you? Have you gotten into what that does to you at all? Like mentally, does it screw with you, or you've just accepted it? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't really try to think about it too much because at the end of the day, like he is my dad. But I mean, I don't, he never did nothing for me. Like I, I mean, as a kid growing up, I mean, he was selling drugs and stuff and whatnot. But you know that that was that was okay. Like he was buying me everything I wanted as a kid. Then he just disappeared. I don't know where he went to, how how fast he disappeared or whatever. But the last thing I remember him buying me was a bike. I was like seven, eight years old, uh, and he just disappeared from 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 me since. So I ain't really wow. like I never really like knew what what else to do. You ever talk to him about it? Like, is that something that you try to get a like a deep conversation with him to figure out like why? Nah, I can't. I don't. I don't feel comfortable talking to him about it. I don't. Why's that? I just. I don't know. I don't. I don't look at him as a dad. 
Gotcha. Like, I just no longer look at him as a bad. He's more so, like, just a regular person in me. Yeah, yeah. What, when um, you had said that your brother had died and you were angry towards your dad, did you feel there was some sort of connection that way? Like, man, if my dad was around or if that father figure was there, my brother wouldn't be in this situation? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I knew that. I knew that completely. My brother wanted to be just like my dad. Like, he wanted to be exactly like my dad. Like, he, he could pretty much say that my brother, like, somewhat worshipped my dad for real. Really? Yeah, like, he loved him that much, but I don't know how. Like, you know, from what, the way I, everything my dad inherited, like, everything my dad do, you know, as far as from the love of having dogs to kids, like, I can say my brother inherited a lot of that. Like, they was, they was pretty much just for like, but, hey, man, he wasn't around. He wasn't around to show my brother right from wrong. You know, my brother couldn't call him on the phone and say, hey, dad, I need this. It's not that my dad didn't have it to give. He just wouldn't, he just wouldn't give it to him. That's powerful right there, too. Yeah, so that just show you how much, you know, he really cared. Just like if I call him right now and say, yo, dad, I need $20, he'll tell me I'm my own man. <laughs> Seriously. Got you. I don't know how, but. I don't know how, you know what I mean, you can treat your own kid like that. Yeah. That's just, you know, that's just how he roll. Man. So I don't, I don't try not to bother him. Right. <laughs> you know, and he, uh, he actually, when I was in a process of getting my CDLs, I know uh, I stayed up there a couple times. And he came to my hotel room and he was like, uh, hey, man, why you don't ever want to go out with me? Why you don't ever call me on the phone? Uh, why you don't ever come see me? Man, I'm not coming to see you. You ain't never came to see me. You feel me? I live an hour away. Right. You feel me? I'm not about to just be picking up the phone and hang out with you. You know, you never did nothing. You ain't never do nothing to benefit or help me, you know what I mean, be productive in my life. Everything you showed me was wrong. Mm. All the way to how you treat me, you showed me it's wrong. I'm never going to treat my daughter how my dad treat me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, that was just not, it wasn't a good role model. And a lot of kids don't have good role models. Right. Yeah, and then it's it's funny, man, because then, I, and I keep going back to school and you kind of like just not wanting any parts of school. You just couldn't find any kind of like those role models in school or you found them kind of late? Or you just I mean, didn't have someone who could like talk you off that edge? I couldn't find nobody that, that could understand what I was going through. And if I could find somebody that could understand, they they wasn't able to make an impact. They wasn't in a position to make an impact. Man. Like, it took me to go, to get out of school, to drop out of college, to go to jail. You know, all that for me to understand, I got to change. I got to do something different. When it shouldn't be that way. I should have learned something different from the start. Yeah. Well, I, I I guess that's that's what I keep going to mentally is more like the solution as far mm-hmm. as – because there, there's – all across America, man, there's got to be kids like you. And you're not a kid anymore, but when you were, kids like you who are going through this shit that mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to. We got enough resources, right? Like like the, the government, the system has enough resources to try to help people avoid those kind of things. And, yeah. and I don't know how to – 
I wouldn't even know what to suggest to get a kid like you help when you needed it back then. Man, I I was no reason. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> I can't I can't even get nobody a solution on how to fix it. Yeah, it's right. just a it's just a thing where you just like I said he's stuck in a trap. Yeah, and there's people that still as they got older they're still stuck in that trap. Right. That's why I got you know I got I got friends right now that could have been in the league you know that's like in and out of jail because they're stuck in their trap. And what role is your mom as far as, is she just working and trying to get by? And Yeah, pretty much. That's what my mom did. Like she, I looked at it, she had two kids. And then my little brother, she ended up having him too. So three kids. And you got to do it all on your own pretty much. Well, my little brother, his dad was, you know, him, his dad and my mom was together for like a long time. Like I said, like, <laughs> like probably like 10, 15 years. But... Yeah, he, uh, I never liked him because I never thought, like, I'm looking like, he's not my dad, he's not going to tell me what to do. That's uh, how I looked at it. So, yeah, you and took the it fact as... that he came into our life around, like, 8, 9, 10 years old, I'm like, man, this dude ain't my dad, I don't, I don't know who he's talking to, <laughs> you know? So, like, as I got older, I always cared that, like, on my own, man, I don't need, I don't need you, you know? If I'm hungry, I'll go find something to eat on my own, I don't need you. Wow. So you think that just came Yeah, you think that just came from like anger towards your dad leaving or Yeah, like, in a way, because like it's it's some days like I would call my dad on the phone and he just wouldn't answer. God. Weeks at a time. Or it'd be days where, you know, I'd call him and he'd be like, All right, I'm coming get you today and then I'd be sitting at the door and he wouldn't be there. Oh man, you that's know? yeah, that's a shit feeling. Yeah, so like that's how I looked at it. And I looked at it like he wasn't my dad, so why are you bringing him in here? Gotcha. And then you just lashing out with that emotion. Yeah. Yeah. Man. So you have a daughter? Did I hear that right? Yeah. Oh no, what how old is she? Two. Man. And how's yeah. that treating you? Man, she a handful. Oh, <laughs> 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 um, what do you uh like, man, I'm thinking back to two, and my daughter's 10, and uh, I'm just thinking, like, you probably enjoy being on the road so you can maybe take a nap in some truck somewhere. Like, is, is life all about sleep at that point? Wow, no, nah, not really. I mean, <laughs> I mean, my daughter, she, she don't give me too many issues, honestly. No? Nah. She, she a daddy's girl, but she don't give me too many issues. She give everybody else issues. <laughs> she give everybody else issues. But man, I don't I don't get too many problems out of them. Yeah, how um what's it like having a daughter compared to like I don't know, man, I always feel like dudes is almost easier to to, to deal with dudes because you know what a dude is. Like if you have a son, you kinda know like play, rough, whatever. Daughter to me was was odd the more I thought about like what do I do with a girl? I mean, at first, I ain't gonna lie, it was difficult. I'm like, man, I got a daughter. And my life ought to be upside down. She about to turn, she about to turn my whole world around. <laughs> then it started to be like, well, I started realizing like how much she was attached to me and stuff like that. That's when, that's when I kind of like 
be like, okay, cool. This is what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's yeah. uh, yeah. And then just going through what you went with your father, it just makes you want to double down on being there, huh? Yeah, pretty much. That's all. Like, I don't. I can't see myself actually leaving her. You know, like that. Like she called me on the phone. You know, it's like pretty much whatever she wants, she gonna get. Right. Yeah. So that's how it is with her. You read any books with her? <laughs> yeah, we yeah we do get our we read our books and we uh we do that little coloring book thing too. <laughs> Man, so, um, I don't get it started on the painting, man. She'll paint the whole house up. Oh uh, yeah, right. All of a sudden, she think anything like any wall you could color on, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Man, so yeah, that's that's your little part in just trying to set her up, huh? Like as far as just giving her that potential that she can yeah. live up to. Yeah, she 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 like her YouTube though, and she stuck on her YouTube. So I got to get her some education on YouTube videos going on here and there. So. She's starting to know something. Right. Yeah, that screen, man. That screen's addicting to kids, for sure. Yeah. So we ain't have growing up. We ain't have a whole bunch of screens. We ain't have yeah. a whole bunch of screens. Right. I'm surprised you didn't, though. I'm, what? You never got into the video games? Nah, I ain't never played video games. Really? We what? ain't had time. Cause we you... was outside. We had to be outside. Gotcha. Either outside or we in the house eating and going to sleep. <laughs> we had time to be out here on video, man. That's simple. Yeah, man, the kids. Um, it's funny how many uh kids who play, like kids who hoop, they hoop more on like 2K than they do like on an actual court. Right, right. You know, like they can yeah. tell you all about their moves on 2K. I'm like, well, why don't y'all go outside and put up some real shots, man? You'd probably be man. better. <laughs> That's how my little brother is, though, man. My little brother, man, he'd be on the game all day and all night, and he'd probably sleep half the daytime. Right. So, yeah, yeah that's the guy go. I ain't doing all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting dynamic, man. They feel like they're uh, ballers. Cause of two K, and you're like, you, but you like, you can't even touch that man when you jump. Like, right. <laughs> how you gonna, yeah, how you right, gonna do anything, man? Like, you can't dribble. I don't understand. You talking about dropping forty? Where? How? I don't get it. That's man. how I think, man. Man, yeah. Anything else you wanted to share, Shawan? Nah, that's all, man. Man, I think I got my point across. Yeah, no, and I think to me, just taking away stuff. And so here'd be, I guess, maybe the the last thing that I would um, ask as far as perspective, if you could give advice to people, say like, and if a teacher's listening and well, they, they see a kid acting up, what's best way to approach that kid to make them feel like they can be heard so that they can maybe act a little better? I mean, honestly, it's to get to know their story. Like, a lot, of, a lot of teachers is just teachers. So you see them in the classroom and I sit, or they don't, they don't care to know your story too. So like, it's more so about them hearing the story than anything. Yeah, but you had said like you didn't want to share yours, and is that kind of is that it's hard? It's hard. It's hard to trust people, right? When you're growing up in that type of environment, it's hard to trust people with your word, with their words, and and like, like I still got trust issues with people. Right. So it's hard for me to connect with like certain people on certain levels. But uh like I still I feel like uh 
Like, I don't know, maybe, like, you just gotta, it's, it's gotta be that person. You gotta find that person that's gonna hear your story of. And it's like somebody that's gotta see your vision. Cause, like, personally, I ain't wanna go to college, but I knew, like, if I could get in there off a of basketball scholarship, I was gonna go. Yeah, I don't, it's funny, man, because I think you're right with the, well, I know you're right with that trust issues. And I think most teachers definitely start off wanting to try to help kids, but I don't know if they're equipped to either maybe just spend the time it takes to develop. Because think about it, if you know a teacher for a year, then you're out. Like that, that's a really a short period of time in the scheme yeah, of a life, you know, and then you're constantly meeting new people. And like, how many times do you want to tell this same story? Like, are you telling that same thing every year to make people yeah. understand you? Like, that's that's tough on a kid. We're calling yeah, that kind is. of trauma. It is. Oh. And, and it's like their first instinct is, you know, that they're not capable of learning. Or they, they disrupt in a learning environment. That's like more so like their first instinct when the kids start acting up. Right. But they don't really know like what that kid going through at home or always making that kid act like that yeah and i i like how you brought up just that attention too because if you're feeling like you're not getting attention that's kind of the easiest way to get attention yeah you know so that's that's part of why they're doing it all right man um so look this is how i end my podcast and um you can tell any type of story you want but what i'm gonna ask you to do is give me your best first for last We've saved the best first for last. Sponsored by Abstinence. Waiting makes it worthwhile. So my first time, my first time getting my own place, right? You listening? Yeah, man, I'm here. All right, my first time getting my own place, right? I come to the crib, and ain't got no stove or no refrigerator in here, right? I'm <laughs> 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 I asked the man, I'm like, man, where the stove in the fridge? And he's like, oh, you gotta get that on your own. <laughs> so I'm like, you, you telling me you gonna, you gonna charge me rent for a house with no stove in the fridge? He said, yeah, that's exactly what I'm telling you. So I told him, I asked him, I'm like, man, you might want lower, maybe fifty dollars, hundred dollars, you know, something like that. He was like, nah, man, I can't do that. I said, so what am I supposed to cook on? He said, stove. I said, well, where am I supposed to put my food at? He said, refrigerator. I said, well, where you put it at? <laughs> so I'm looking like, I know somebody lived here before I did. <laughs> you know, I ain't no way you're going to tell me it's the thing. This house just don't come with a stove and fridge. <laughs> Let alone, I ain't had no furniture in here. So I said, man, you know what? I'm just going to go get me a, um, I went, I went down to uh, Habitat for a minute. They tried to find me a little cheap stove and fridge. They didn't have anything. So I ended up uh, having to pay like $800 to get a stove and a refrigerator in the house. Oh, man. Did you, take, did you take them with you when you moved out? Or are you still there? Nah, I'm still living here. Oh, okay. Oh, so this yeah. is like the first spot. Damn, dude. Yeah, that's my first spot. Uh, then I got, um, I ended up getting furniture and everything else. You know, my, my woman found out how to run my pockets for all the extra decorations and stuff. So, yeah, I was, I'm wondering like, what did, is there something you just went all in on when you bought it for the house? Like, did you go all in on the TV? Did you go all in on the couch? Or are you just kind of like trying to keep it cheap? Uh, I would say 
On everything? I think, yeah, I think I went all in all the way around. Really? Yeah, my house dope, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's dope, man. All the way to the yard. I got me a little tent outside with chairs and a table underneath for the big grill. Stop, yeah. man. You are an old man. Are you sure you're 22, yeah. man? You don't sound 22. Come on, man. No, no I'm, I know. Man. A lot of people say I'm old, man. Dude. I'm old, man. I like sitting outside under the tent. Yeah. You got like a yeah. hammock or like a rocking chair or something? Nah, nah, nah. I got me a nice little comfortable one, though. <laughs> <laughs> man. All my guys, man. All my guys always want to uh, know if I'm barbecue. I barbecue like every weekend now. Usually on Sundays. But they called me yesterday and said if I was wanting to barbecue this weekend so they can come over and grab a bite. Right. And then I have all the kids out here and stuff too running around, so. Man, that, and that's the life, huh? And you just love that. Love, love it, man. Man, that's love awesome. It, man. Dude, that almost goes back to what you need to learn in school is like, man, sometimes when you rent a house, man, know that you might have to have some extra cash for your stove and your fridge. <laughs> man, a whole lot, man. You never know. If you ain't got that extra cash, you might be out of luck. That's so true. Because like a lot of people just think, all right, first month and a security deposit. And then that's all I need. And then you start looking around, and you're like, damn, I don't even have a couch. I don't even have a chair. Yeah, so we got probably about five grand. Right. Into it. Yeah. So all of it, anyway. But at the end of the day, you got to have your house decked up. Yeah. You got to come home every day. So you want to come home to a decked up crib every day. Yeah, that's a great point too, right? I mean, it gives you something yeah. to come home to. gives you something to want to be home to. Yeah, I'll be ready to come home as soon as I get off. Right? Mm-hmm. Man. Dude, that's awesome, man. I really, I, Shawan, I really appreciate you uh, coming on. Do you, no so, problem. do you remember getting called out and the one time I tried to set you up with poetry? You don't even remember what grade I taught you in, do you? Nah. <laughs> I don't All right, man. So let me tell you, th- this is a little story about you. If you got like two more minutes, so yeah. you had to write. It was um, I think I was, I might have been your fifth and sixth grade teacher at Phyllis Wheatley. Yeah, yeah. Right. So we're doing a poetry unit, and um, you turn in this poem, and I know, I know you copied this bitch. Like, I mean, I'm like, there's no way Shabon wrote it. <laughs> Right? So, Yo, dude, so I sit there and I, I give this speech and I didn't tell you this, right? Like I didn't tell anybody. So now I'm sitting there and I give this speech to the class. I'm like, kids, I read your poems. These poems are awesome. But there's one child who is exceptional. There's one child that has talent above anyone else. There is one kid that wrote the best poem I've ever read. Shawan Sykes, stand up. And everybody's clapping and you got this grin on your face. And I'm like, I thought you would be shocked because I know you know you copied it. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, you stood up with the grin that I will never forget with them white teeth. And you was cheesing like crazy. Everybody's clapping for you. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, Shawan, I want you to read this poem to the class because I want to see how far you're going to go before you admit I copied it. Dude, you went to the grave with it. You were, you read that thing like you had wrote it. You let everybody think. And then one kid was like, ain't that in Dire Wimpy Kid? 
And dude, and I was like, yes, it is. Shawan, I don't understand why you tried to turn to someone else's work. And you were like, no, nah, I wrote that. They just happen to have the same poem in that book. <laughs> Word for word, too. Dude, it was word for you. Didn't change shit. And I was like, this dude is nuts. Oh, man. Yeah, dude. I, it was so funny that you were like, you were all in. Like, you were committed, you know? Yeah, I was like, dude, so you couldn't tell me I ain't right there. Yeah, dude, like, for real. You were like, nah, man, I wrote it. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was hilarious. Hey, man. I thought it was going to work. Right? And dude, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it did. I, I, I don't remember what like happened afterwards. But like, I was just so impressed that with your commitment to the lie that I was like, I'm giving it to my man. I'm just giving it to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shawan, man. I'm, I'm glad, dude, that you're, uh, that you're breaking through, man. I'm glad that you know, life's stable and that you're being productive. And I'm super proud that you're trying to give back to people, man. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I appreciate you uh, letting me and the listeners get to know you. Appreciate you sharing your story. And um, keep grinding, dude. All right, man. I appreciate it. All right, man. Enjoy that barbecue tomorrow. You know I am. And I <laughs> All right, later. All right. Thanks to Shai Wan for wanting to come on podcast as a 22-year-old young man who, without having someone to show him how to be a father and provider, is being just that. And I really hope that all the listeners were able to get a little understanding into so many of the actions they see or read about in their communities, but don't know the story behind. If I took anything away, it was that these kids, these young men, they just need to be heard, loved, accepted, and guided. Do your part, please.